Maybe we should argue about if Stevie Wonder's blind or not. <laughs> I saw that man FaceTime. What's he doing with FaceTime? What's up, everybody? My name is Lana Holgado. I'm a musician, producer, and person whose feet are always cold. And what's up, everybody? My name is Josh. I'm a co-host, podcast producer, and metaverse hater. Yes. Have you ever been in the metaverse, Josh? Nope. That's why I hate it. <laughs> why? Because you can't get in? Yes. And also, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll just hate... I'm, I'm a, like... 360 hater. You know, I hate all aspects of it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Also, for a person whose feet is always cold, why are you wearing slippers? Because my feet are cold. I need to warm them up with my slippers. What? No socks? No, like, you know, Listen. warmer stuff? I had to get ready really quickly. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was thinking shirt, pants, something to put on my feet. I see. Let's go. Yeah. Anyway, how are you doing today, Josh? Um, I'm doing all right. It's a bit of a gloomy day, a bit of a cold day. I'm recording right now wearing a jacket, and mm-hmm. I'm indoors. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts. I, you, I don't understand your outfit, because, like, just in terms of, like, the body heat distribution. <laughs> I, I put these clothes on. I was like, let me put on the outfit. Also, it's, like, high-waisted and, like... <laughs> Yeah. Like, I understand the wanting a sweatshirt in this weather, but it's like a crop top sweatshirt. Yeah. And this sweatshirt was gifted to me. <laughs> I, I put it, I the sole reason I'm wearing it is because it's green and I wanted to match my green shorts. I just don't understand. Listen, I just don't understand. I'm not here to be a fashion expert. I'm here to be a song expert, which brings us to our first segment, <laughs> Song Swap. Song Swap. That was a good transition. Woo! I like that transition. <laughs> yeah. Efficient. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, y'all, we got a special treat for you today for this song swap because this is the first ever listener-submitted song swap that we're doing. So, uh, shout out to um, the people who submitted this one. If y'all want to uh, submit tracks for us to unravel, just hit us up at our Opus Podcast Gmail, officialopuspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, shout out to Ali for sending this one in. Our boy. Lana's track is Doomsday by the late, great MF Doom. Doomsday, ever since the womb, till I'm back where my brother went, that's what my tumor say. Right above my government, tumor lake. Either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? I wrote this one in BC, DC. Doomsday is the first track recorded off MF Doom's debut solo album, Operation Doomsday. This album was Doom's, real name Daniel Dumoulay's, return to rap after previously rapping in the hip-hop trio KMD which was disbanded after the death of KMD member and Dumoulin's brother, DJ Subrock. Dumoulin was subsequently dropped from his label and left the industry, living an incredibly impoverished lifestyle with little direction. The disillusionment and isolation he felt led him to categorizing all these dark feelings into a cartoonish villain persona he dubbed MF Doom, the persona he would use to record the independent album Operation Doomsday. author's note this is a my thoughts are a bit jumbled here but so i was really surprised um to hear that this was 
a listener submitted track because I thought for sure that this was this was right up Josh's alley. Wouldn't you agree, Josh? Yeah, I like I don't know Doom as much as I would have liked. Yeah, I, I know some of his big stuff, but I'm not like deep into. He's like really important in like the indie hip hop community uh, for like his work that he put out. So um, this was like I listened to this track, I liked it. I also know like I need to learn him a little bit, study him a little bit more to like increase my education. So I thought it's fun track to unravel. Yeah, this was my first introduction into Doom's work, and I really liked it. I especially liked the beat, um, just the chords, the four chords. There's four of them. Really nice. It w- it's the kind of it's the kind of chord progression that I personally would put in my songs. It is like very lo-fi influence. Yeah, it it is very lo-fi influence. Very um like lot lots of jazzy chords. Mm-hmm. Sevenths in there. Um, maybe a ninth. I don't know. I was gonna, I was gonna transcribe it, but then I was like, my ears are broken. Um, anyway, I really liked the chords. And the drums, there was just a little bit of, like, conga, bongo situation going on in there. It was just perfectly balanced, perfect. The the drums were just delightful. And the combination of them together, it was just the perfect beat. I'm just, as I was listening to this music and synthesizing it how I do. I was just thinking about how I'm always amazed with how Josh and I can listen to the same song and completely have a different experience. I don't know how different our experience will be this time, but like it's always a thing where Josh dives into the lyrics and I like particularly latch on just to how the song sounds and how it works musically. We can get into that when Josh tells us his feelings. Um, but literally the only line, <laughs> the only word that stood out to me um, was um, a mention of the liquor, cognac. And I just, I saw a TikTok recently about how rappers at large influence the sales of cognac, especially during this time period, the late, like the 90s, late, early, late, late 90s. Yeah, this was uh, early two thousands. Yeah, early two thousands. Um, well, no, it said on the on the on the Spotify, it said nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, oh, sorry, it was October 19, 1999. Yeah, so very late nineties. But I just thought that was interesting. It had a little bit of uh, just the the sound of the drums, mm-hmm. not like the not the drum pattern, because I feel like this was a more unique drum pattern than most, but just. The tone of the drums sounded a bit boom bappy. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it could be like it borrows from that too. Yeah, there's prob- no like probably. yeah strict line. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think it's fair to characterize that it has some like boom bop sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hook is very smooth. Love her voice. Doom is a dope name. If I were a superhero and I was up against a villain named MF Doom, I'd be like, I'm out of I'm here. A, I'm gonna be honest, man. Pretty dope name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, also, for a song called Doomsday, it's got pretty chill vibes. Like, as we said before, the lo fi 
ness of it. It's pretty chill. And I also really liked the way that the song fades out and you think it's gonna end, but then the beat comes back at the end. I swear the whole world could feel you MC. Overall, really nice song to listen to. Um, good vibes all around. Like it. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty standard braggadocio rap. Uh, so braggadocio rap's a specific type of rap that's meant to try to be a flex on uh, MC status, their skill, their style, their um, you know general abilities and all. And uh, MF here it takes a kind of a step further because he's not just uh, rapping about like how like great he is or like how um, strong he is and all, but he's also uh, using like really interesting technical uh, aspects to his like internal flow. So he put it in a lot of like internal rhymes, uh, a lot of assonance and a lot of alliteration that it makes it really hard to imitate. So it really gives it a sense that this is a guy who like, he's the only one who could actually like rap these bars here. Stop, stick around, come through and dig the sound of the flop round, six oh six oh cycle, who throws a dick around, bound to go through plat, came to destroy rap. It's an intricate plot of a b-boy strap. Fem stack cats get kidnapped. Then release a statement to the press, let the rest know who did that. It's also pretty fascinating because he's playing a character when he raps as like MF Doom, uh, but he's also uh, using a lot of his personal experience here. So like we mentioned before, his brother died, um, and that was like a big uh, sort of turning point for him, especially because it led to him getting dropped by his label. Uh, and he references that in the chorus. On Tuesday, ever since the womb till I'm back with my brother went, that's what my tumor say. Right above my government tumulate, either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? I wrote this one in BC. Also, there's a bar on there where he like blatantly talks about where he was incarcerated and like tells you that like if you get you can get locked up in like the same place he did uh, and see where he came from there. I wrote this one in BCDC old section. If you don't believe me, go get bagged and checked in. Cell number 17 up under the top bunk. I say this not to be mean. Was bad luck a pop junk. Pop the trunk on sea cyber punk. He also makes it pretty clear that his supervillain persona is actually more of an anti-hero. He has that whole line about how like he actually loves kids and is like very friendly. Definition supervillain. A killer who loved children. One who is well skilled in destruction as well as building. While Sidney Sheldon teaches the trife to be trife. Less about like how like tough and like how hard he is but more about how he's actually like standing in opposition to uh, more systemic forces like the rap industry uh, and you know people who prop it up those are the kind of people who he seeks to destroy here the hook uh, was also pretty cool uh, because it was an interpolation um, of a uh, song called kiss of life by Sade. It also um, leads to Doom sampling that for uh, the beat for this song here. And also, uh, I wanted to talk to you about this because I don't know percussive language well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was trying to think about like, how would I like categorize this flow? Because it's very like legato, but it's very, also has like very almost, not like a start stop kind of sense to it, 
but he does kind of put like a lot of accent on certain words and then like stumbles back into uh, delivery there. I think the word for it is displacement. Okay. Where, you know, you start the phrase in the middle of a measure. Mm-hmm. So like it like has it just sits differently and it sounds different when mm-hmm. you put it in a different spot. Got you. Okay. Displacement. There yeah, you go. displacement. So that's a good way to characterize this flow there. And just variation in the main flow. Yeah. Which gives it like I think a pretty interesting character because I think like the main flow is like pretty interesting to listen to, but it um for lack of a better word, I think it like accents it. What like you hear the main flow more after you hear like him displace it and break it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also interesting how sometimes he it's not robotically on the beat. He'll like be ahead of the beat or behind the beat a little bit, but mm-hmm. it always ends up lining up again. Yeah. And it's just, I think that's cool. Yeah. He really does play with it like pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like some of the lines were just kind of like the uh, the wordplay that he has with that line. Um, Broken household name usually said in hostility. Um, what is MF, you silly? I'd like to take men to the end for two milli. Broken household name usually said in hostility. Um, what is MF, you silly? I'd like to take men to the end for two milli. That's the audio daily double. Rappers need to fall off just to save me the trouble. Yo, watch your own back, him in and go out alone, black. On one hand, he's just talking. On the other hand, he's like making comparison with like a Jeopardy clue. It's a double entendre of like what he, all he's saying there. But a lot of his uh, lyrics have that sort of like the replay value is there because you can go back and you can listen to the different messages that he's sort of interloping onto this track, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty good like introduction to MF Doom. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah. I will definitely be checking out the rest of this album. Yeah. Duke, shout out to MF, man. May you rest in peace. Yes. He had, like, the, the coolest way he went out. Yeah. Is um, December 31st of, like, 2020, and, like, the final hours of 2020. Oh, my goodness. Right. Like, his family put out a statement saying, hey, MF doom has been dead for two months. <laughs> he died on Halloween. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Like, I cannot think of a more G way to go out. Yeah. Than to go out on Halloween and not tell anybody till like the final moments of that year. So yeah, I was I was at a New Year's party and I just get, like saw that notification. Wow. I was like, whew, man. Like may he rest in peace, may his family find peace, but like dude went out like a G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding things out at parties is always such a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Because I, I was yeah. just telling people, I'm like, MF's dead. And they're like, who's MF? And I'm like, y'all, y'all don't understand. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, when you're the only one who, like, knows something. And yeah. it's just like, what? Everyone's just vibing. Yeah, you know what else is a vibe at a party? What else is a vibe? Toto, toto, toto. <laughs> by Daniela Romo. Um, the English translation it means everything, everything, everything. It was released in 1991 by the Mexican singer-songwriter Daniela Romo. It became 
the second number one single for Romo in the Billboard Top Latin chart. It earned two nominations at the Lo Nostro Award in 1992 for Best Pop Song of the Year and Best Music Video, and it won the latter. Now, Toto Toto Toto. Personally, I have a connection with it from it being a staple at Filipino parties. There's a line dance to it that everyone knows, and I will get into it when I have my chance to talk about it, but it, that is it. That is where I know it from. Okay. Take it away, Josh. Yeah. Uh, it felt wrong to listen to this and not dance to it. Like, it, it just has that, like, hip sway and, like, grabs you. You got to be, like, vibing out to it there. Um, it really, like, you know, I don't have a personal connection to it like you. Uh, but I did get, like, sort of reminded about, like, how I feel when I hear, like, Punjabi music or, like, Bollywood music that has that very... It's, like, it's music that's meant to be danced to, right? It, that's the express purpose. It's not meant to be just, like, listened to passively, like, you know, when you're just, like, sitting in bed, like, vibing and all. This is... It's, you gotta get up. You gotta move yourself with to this. Also, so, like, I just kind of wanted to open this up. Why... What does dance music have that makes it dance music? Like, why do I feel this way? Crack cocaine. I'm... Yes. <laughs> but how did they get that auditorily in? Um, well, this is a cha-cha, mm -hmm. and you've probably heard other cha-chas in your life, so you associate them with kind of dancing and partying and stuff like that. Um, and that's probably largely in just the rhythm of the song. So, like, yeah, the rhythm definitely, like, had that feeling to it. Also, though, like, some of the instrumentals, like, the, the horns were just beautiful here. Yeah, there, I don't know how to explain it. There's just... There's just something in this song that ignites something in me. And I'm just, I'm really glad it had the same effect on you mm -hmm. because I wanted to give you this song with no context and see if, see how you felt about it. And I'm glad you feel the same way. Yeah. No, I like, it's just like a fun song to get down to. Um, also, like, we'll argue about this like a little bit later, but the lyrics uh, were pretty interesting to like look up the translation for it. This is not a happy song. This is like a very, very upsetting song when I was like reading the lyrics right here. Um, the lyrics of this song um, are about like how she's singing about a guy or a partner, whoever, uh, who like is just being like really rude to her and mean to her and she loves so much and he's like cheating on her and like, you know, mistreating her and doing all these things. And like her main tension in the issue is she can't shake the feeling that she still has for this guy. And so like... It just turned... I don't know why they made that into such a bop. <laughs> they did. Uh, and I feel like... I felt like I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I heard the fuego and I was like, oh, like, it's about how much she loves this guy. That's great. And it's it's not great how much she loves this guy, actually. <laughs>
It actually reminded me a little bit of uh, I Don't Know Why I Love You by Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. um, which is also like a very like R&B, like boppy type song. Uh, you know, not like super dance music in the same way. I don't know why I love you. I don't know why I love you. I don't know why I love you. But I love you. Also, I'm going to say, like, the uh, the lyric choice, though, was pretty interesting because of, like, the rhythmic quality they had. Mm-hmm. Like, do, 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 do. Like, it had that, like, umph to it, you know? Yes. So I thought the lyrics did matter a lot here. We'll argue about this. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I do agree that the way that the words sound in my ears is important, mm-hmm. but the meaning of said words never crossed my mind. Therefore, unimportant. To I, me, at least. To me. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, the meaning, like, you can get down to this and not, like, really understand what it's saying mm-hmm. and still, like, have a good time vibing to it. But I still, I say, like, this is an example of why lyrics matter, even when they're not talking about meaning. Meaning doesn't always need to matter. Lyrics okay, do. yeah. Yeah, meaning, meaning doesn't always matter. But, lyric, yeah, if you have, if the, if the flow, it's part of the flow. Yeah. If the flow isn't good, then it's jarring. But, yeah, okay, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. I just really love how this song by a Mexican artist has become so ubiquitous with Filipino-American culture. I'm not sure how it is for Filipinos in the Philippines, but at least... For Filipinos in America, everybody, at least in the tri-state area, knows the Toto 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 dance. We just call it Toto Toto, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a very strong connection with it. No one ever taught me the dance. I just kind of threw myself into the middle of the dance floor at St. Augustine Parish. In, and I copied all the titas and lolas until I got it right. It took a while. But I just, I, I just have vivid, vivid memories of just throwing myself into that. And yeah, there's, there's crack in this song. It's just... It's addictive. It's addictive, yeah. It's addictive. And the thing you said about you have to dance to it... I absolutely was on the train prepping for this episode and like moving my little feet <laughs> to the... Like, to the to the steps of the dance you can't not do it like you can't you you just can't not do it um it's like it's like the september dance Mm. everyone know everyone does the september dance um you know it's like it's it's part of it's it's part of the culture it's part Mm. of everything you you gotta um it's just in your blood you gotta do it it's just a good song it's just, very vibey song. It's just a good song. No, Not I wouldn't vibey. say no, vibey. No, no, no. That was the wrong word. No, it's just, it, it, it's just, a, it's just good. Yeah, it's just good. It's just good. You know what else is good? What? Education. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got an education. You did? I did. Where I, at? Where at? Well, I, um, I went to college at the College of New Jersey and I got a degree in music. You, you want, you want me to teach you something? I would love for you to do that. All right, so this segment is called Lana Gets to Use Your Degree, so you're in luck. 
Today we're talking about text painting. Do you know what text painting is, Josh? I don't. I thought that was when you open up Microsoft Paint and you just go at it. But apparently I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Well, put put on your big boy brain hat and give me give me your best your best uh, hypothesis of what you think it is. I mean, if I just have to go off the top of the dome right now, I would say it's using phonetic no. musical <laughs> qualities of a vocal line to suggest or reinforce the uh, meaning of the lyric. Yeah. Wow. If I'm just going off the top of the dome. Um, and I don't have a podcast outline in front of me. Okay, wow, good job. So let's break that down a little bit. Um, so using phonetic slash musical qualities of a vocal line to suggest or reinforce the meaning of a lyric. So you you have your words, right? Mm-hmm. And then how you sing them is important. Mm-hmm. You could sing them in a way that adds value to the words that you're singing that adds meaning to the words that you're singing mm-hmm. right so if you're singing if you have a song that's like i'm sad i'm really sad mm-hmm. wah, wah, i'm so sad you could sing you would sing it in a way that like conveys to the listener oh this person is sad mm-hmm. with you know without them having to like it would supplement or you know yeah it, it would supplement the lyrics yeah they're you could also text paint it in a way that conveys the opposite of like if you like sing it in a way that's like I'm really sad I'm doing I'm really really sad yeah I'm so sad this sounds like a crazy ex-girlfriend song yeah I don't know I'm sure anyway that adds layers to it because you know the lyrics would suggest that you're sad but the vocal delivery and the melody would suggest something else so it presents an interesting situation where, you know, you're conflicted. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, the I Have Friends song from there. Yeah. I have friends. I definitely have friends. Friends, friends, friendly friends. I have all the friends. So, like, the point of that is she doesn't have friends. Yeah. And, like, the lyrics suggest that she does have friends. Mm-hmm. But she text paints it. Yeah. She text paints it. So, yeah, I've got I've got some examples right here. Let's just dive in. Yeah. Um, from a previous episode... Um, Elena Castillo, Castillo, just a boy, in the chorus where she says, You've got a switch in your head. Play it. You're just a boy. You've got a switch in your head. I've seen how quick you forget yourself. I'm not with all too well. She switches from her chest voice to her head voice on the word switch. Which, um, you know, just adds a little bit of like, gonna switch in your head. That's really cool. I didn't know she did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a thing. It can be like quite literal like that. Mm-hmm. Text painting. Um, another previously talked about episode, we don't talk about Bruno. Camilo's verse. As a creepy guy and the vocal delivery he uses you know he he has like creepy inflecting he's like rats along his back 
Um, and he, the way it's written, it's also written to be like kind of slinky and like, you know, mm-hmm. and just so it all, gives it very like sinister yeah. type vibe. Mm-hmm. It gives yeah, it gives it a sinister type vibe. Text painting, um, shameless self promotion in the debut single of Lana Holgado, Hazy. I'm sorry, are we talking about acclaimed singer songwriter multi hyphenate Lana Holgado? Acclaimed, what acclaimed? What acclaimed? What um, what, do you need claims? You're you're claimed, yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. my what's my accolade? Accolade? Did I say accoladed or did I say claimed? You're claimed. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, in the last line, I'm sure you won an award somewhere in there. Should I? Not? In eighth grade, I did win most musical. There we go. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was me and Hanny Ramadan. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us now. He's making music, right? He, yeah, he is. Shout yeah. out Latchkey Kids. Shout out Latchkey Kids. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, hazy. Hazy. The end. The last line. Should I let it? Should I let it? The reverb. Yeah. There's there's that echo effect at the end, and it doesn't resolve, and it's a question that's left unanswered to convey that I haven't made up my mind yet. Spoiler alert. It's okay, guys. Everything's yeah. fine. Cool. Um, but, you know, in the context of the song, you gotta leave an air of mystery. The last example is Still by Randy Louise. song it just opens up to convey a big feeling that's happening ironically it's the opposite of quiet which they're saying is the thing that cuts like a knife but it just convey it's amazing text painting it just conveys the feeling of just a big feeling it makes you feel the big feeling Mm. and uh yeah that's text painting there's examples everywhere um Josh, you gave one at the beginning already, but if you could think of another one, maybe. You don't have to. It took me kind of a while to boil these ones down. Uh, I mean, I think, like, a good one is any of the songs that we're talking about where, like, the lyrics sort of didn't match with, like, the tone. Mm -hmm. Like, um, back to James Brown, second episode, uh, Down and Out in New York City. He has, like, a very, like, triumphant vibe when he's singing about, like, how... He's getting like mistreated and called him boy by like white people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my that's my nomination. There you go, excellent. Yeah, and that was Lana gets to use a degree. Okay. Woo. Cool. We rebranding out here because you know we we listen to what the streets tell us. Yeah. Streets been saying that you know we've been uh, we've bullying been, Lana a yeah. lot. We should let Lana fight back a little mm-hmm. bit. And by streets we mean Melania Trump. <laughs> No bullying, guys. No bullying. Well, you know what? At the Opus Podcast, we are always committed to being best. So let's be best, guys, and let's get into our next segment, which is fighting on purpose. Fighting on purpose. Ding, ding. All right. So what are we fighting about today, Lana? Today we're... What are we fighting about? I forget which one we chose. (laughs) I think think there's something to be said about the art artist versus entertainer even if we don't come to a conclusive yeah we don't need to come to a conclusion we're just fighting on purpose yeah we're fighting on purpose out here what make you what made you think of this topic 
You know what would makes me think about it is actually comedians will sometimes say that they are not artists, they are entertainers. Yeah. And then so I was like, well, that's interesting because I think a lot of musicians would say they're artists. Mm-hmm. So what is the where where is the line drawn? What is the difference between the two? Yeah, a lot. Okay, of what's it. music that's not made to entertain? Um, like a lot of art music that's like not like commercial music. Like. Like um. Hold on. I, I don't look I'm not really in like the art music like the contemporary art music scene mm. but there's um hold on um but if if we'll go like protest music protest music is not meant to entertain protest music is like it's meant to have a statement and it's meant to like get across the statement well this is interesting because i think protest music inherent like the reason why it catches fire right Mm -hmm. is because it is like val like protest is inherently performative right Mm -hmm. and so like uh protest music has to be like at least somewhat entertaining and because if it's not entertaining it's not able to like properly catch fire i have to disagree okay let's let's see this yeah i have to disagree i think the meaning of protest music isn't to entertain it's to make you feel um like and it doesn't like you know some art is meant to make you feel uncomfortable so i think part of what makes protest music entertaining as a genre is the fact that it's real and the fact that it's like visceral and the fact that it's not conventional in the way that other songs might be Mm -hmm. right how do you mean conventional so uh for example a song that's like uh you know purposely trying to like list out victims of police brutality right that's might not fit into like a normal song right might not uh be like you know they might like purposely use like discordance and like breaks to try to accent the point right but what ultimately draws a person to it and why they would listen to it is because they're entertained at the idea of a very authentic real you know strong protest song Mm -hmm. right so I think that would still qualify as entertainment. Yeah. In the same way that, for example, um, so for example, uh, Yeezus by Kanye West, uh-huh. right, is uh, on specifically the song On Sight, which starts it out, has this very like rough, very like gritty type of electronic uh, sound that's purposely meant to be jarring and discordant, right? At the same time, I think it's not meant to be entertaining in the sense of entertaining the mainstream, but I still think it's meant to be entertaining in the sense of it's entertaining to the people who like his artistry and purposely seek him out, right? So I think protest music would fall in that same category where like being discordant and being like anti-mainstream is in a way its own form of entertainment. Okay, but then you could say that like anybody can find anything entertaining. I think the definition of entertainment is if somebody finds it entertaining. Yeah, yeah. but we were talking about ent- artist versus entertainer. Yeah. Like, the well, person, they're, they're, like, what they're setting out to do. Yeah. Well, I think, like, the inherent job of the artist is to entertain. But I think... Uh, I don't think so. I think the inherent job of the entertainer is to entertain. And the inherent job of the artist is to make art... And whether or not anybody is entertained by it is 
up to them. Well, an artist who makes art that is entertaining to nobody is considered bad. <laughs> so? Right? But they're still an artist. According to according to themselves, right? Yeah, but like they they made art so they're an artist and whether or not you think it's entertaining is up to you. Well, that's why okay, so anybody who like makes a song that's yeah. instantly art. Yeah. If they think if it, you know, if they think they're an artist they're an art. But so, you know, there are people who are like then then it becomes like how do you identify? Cuz yeah. like because then the carnival cruise employee who's like singing a song. Yeah. They're... No, no shade on carnival cruise employees. I really wanted to be a carnival cruise employee. I really wanted to be a carnival cruise entertainer person for a really long time. I don't think I've ever told you this. I, you haven't. Oh yeah. Ever since my senior year of high school, like I saw, I was like on a cruise and I was like, that's what I want to do. I see. Have you applied? Yeah. No, I, I almost did like in... You should apply because I think... Yeah, in like February 2020, I saw I saw on LinkedIn, mm. they were looking for people and I was really thinking about it. Yeah. That, I think, that would actually be a good role for you. Yeah, I was really thinking about it. Also, in like 2018, mm -hmm. this wasn't Carnival, but I um, almost had the opportunity to be a cruise performer. Um, what happened there? They were like, never mind, we have enough girls. But my friend, um, my friend Kenny, shout out to Kenny, um, who is also the producer of like half of my songs. Mm. Um, he was the one who went on. And then there, um, and then he asked me if I wanted to come too, and I was like, yes, of course, yes. Um, and then it didn't pan out for me; it panned out for him. But I'm on the, I'm I'm on the standby list now. So oh know. shoot, so you could become a carnival cruise entertainer. Well, not carnival, but All I right. could be, cruise you know, I could be a cruise person. I really want to just cruise around. Um, that sounds fun. Did Kenny have fun? Yeah, he had the time of his life. Um, it was just like, you know, it's hard to like maintain relationships with land people um, when that's your... <laughs> yeah. When, when, that's when you your, become a person of the sea. When you become a person of the sea. Your only love is the horizon. Yeah, his friend, um, his friend Kane, he's been doing this for like years and he's only lived for like the past like five or six years. He had only been living on land for like three months at a time mm. and once the pandemic hit and the cruise industry shut down he's like what do i do with my life now so you know that, that was a big thing for him shout out to kane yeah shout out to kane yeah what a that guy. sounds like an exciting life mm -hmm. and i would love to just learn more exactly but like i i don't know i would have to ask them but i feel like you know it's like enter like at at your core your entertainment and yeah. you're not like putting your original thing into it like you can put your whole heart and soul into it but like the goal is to like have people be entertained and also like in that scenario um when it's like polynesian stuff to mm -hmm. like share your culture but like you're not i'm, I'm that's another thing we could go this is a whole nother topic but <laughs> Yeah, like your your job is to be an entertainer. My one of my current employers is Paradise Island Entertainment, and uh, my job is to entertain. Mm. I put on luau shows and sing luau songs, um, and like I I do 
I, I do put my whole self into those shows sometimes, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm getting my paycheck to, like, entertain people, and I'm not, like, putting my original originality into it. I'm not playing any original music. So then you're saying you're not an artist. In that In, in that context yeah. of, like, performing as, like, a Paradise Island employee. Yeah. I said, um, I, I, I want... So artist is something that you choose for yourself. Yes, artist is yeah, artist. <laughs> I I I feel like the label of artist is something that is more of a self self-imposed title. Yeah. It's it's like more of an identity than entertainer. Entertainer is more of like an occupation. So entertainer is something that people tell you artist well, is something. Well, not not that people tell you, but it's more of like a it's more of a job than artist. Hmm. Artist, yeah. Okay. So you you decide if you're an artist or not. Yeah. But. Essentially. Your you, occupation yeah. decides you if decide you're an if you're an artist. Other people decide if you're an entertainer. Yeah, that's all I was trying to get. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We came, we came somewhere. We, we did it. This has been the Opus Podcast. You can find us on the streets. Find us on the streets. Yeah. We have a blog too, official opus podcast dot wordpress dot com. I think. Yeah. We'll we'll have some content up there eventually. Yeah, totally, dude. Um, you can find me at Lana Holgado on all platforms. Um, you can find Josh. Wandering the streets. Yeah. Listening to them. Mm-hmm. You can find me out there respecting women. Happy yeah. Women's History Month. Uh-huh. Our theme song is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. All right, guys, we'll see you later. See you later. Take it easy. High five. <laughs> that was weak. Yeah, there we go. Here we go.